I'm not trying to minimize what's going on in this world because I would never do that. But I know the power of our existence depends on the power of the mind, the understanding of our consciousness and subconscious mind and how we use that. If we look at it from an individual standpoint, what is the best thing I can do for the world? Is to keep believing that I that my most dominant thought is being brought into existence. And if little old me here in the Andes of Peru can be and believe in peace, then peace we will have. And that's the best advice I can give the world right now because it breaks my heart to see what is happening. Be peace. That's all. And collectively, we will change the world if we believe and have faith. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Always a blessing to present another show for you today. We are in the wilds of Peru with Daniel Gutierrez. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Daniel. Well, thank you, Karen. I'm looking forward to this. So Daniel was introduced to me by one of my favorite people in our group, the Inner Sanctum, Shirley. I think you guys have done courses together. She met you at a course. Where did she meet you? I can't remember. I, I did ask her the other day. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't even. Yeah, I don't remember. But we definitely have done a lot of courses together. Now, we connect, we've stayed connected through social media. I know. Don't you love that? Don't you love social media for that? Keeps us connected. And please remember, if you're liking the shows, or even if you're not liking the shows, remember to subscribe to whatever platform you're listening to this on. <laughs> Leave me a comment. Press that like button. Leave me a comment. Ask us a question. I love to hear from you guys. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Daniel's amazing life. So once a high-powered executive in-demand consultant who graced the covers of Latin business, Saipan and Color magazines, Daniel Gutierrez realized that there was more to success than a seven-figure earning potential. As the president of Prima, a prestigious national leadership organization and advisor to departments in the White House for the Obama administration, Daniel was a highly regarded and deep revered leader listed as one of the top 100 Hispanics in America. To find fulfillment, Daniel decided to dedicate the next chapter of his life to becoming a master of mindfulness. During the past 10 years, he has been leading guests to the heights of Machu Picchu, the depths of the Amazon and the top of the Himalayas. A beloved mentor and sought-after motivational speaker, Daniel was featured in a documentary Luminous Worldviews as one of the 18 world-renowned transformational thought leaders. I checked that that documentary. It looks like a great documentary, actually. I checked it out. I'm like, where's Daniel? Where's Daniel? Oh, there you are. <laughs> and in November 2018, Daniel appeared as a special guest 
for a renowned teacher, Michael Pascal, on one of the biggest stages in the world, Carnegie Hall in New York City. He's the best-selling author of five books, only five. One of them is called Stepping Into Greatness and has just released his fifth book, a best-selling book called Radical Mindfulness. And Daniel's website is his name or his, it's a long website. I'll put the links on my page on my website. So it is CatalinaRetreatCenterPeru.com. That's your retreat center, Daniel. That's it. Let's get to, like, okay, so how your name came up. I was telling the group that on my bucket list is Machu Picchu. Got to do that one before I hit the bucket kick the bucket <laughs> and and Shirley's like oh I know someone that has a has a, a beautiful center there and I'm like show me show me and she showed me the website and I'm like wow and then she started talking about you and I'm like oh man this guy is fascinating like you've yeah really changed your life in so many ways what made you change your life like you sounded like you had lots of success you're enjoying yourself what happened I've always had one rule and I don't know that I always followed the rule of goals, but I definitely followed the rule of reinventing myself. And so my whole life, the idea of one year to the next was, well, that was good. What about the next year? And what will you do different so people will remember you? And what will you do different so that you stay relevant? And so that was in my my the back of my head all through my career, which is why I've done so many things, because I was always going, OK, let me try that. So four or five years ago, uh, as you stated in my bio, I was an advisor to the Department of White House personnel for President Obama. I was president of organization New York City. I just published a book. I, I mean, life was great. I mean, like you said, I had absolutely no reason just to throw it all away and say, what's next? But the one thing that I realized uh, sitting in at the the seven to fifth floor of a posh um, bar in, in New York City was that when I really looked out the mirror and looked into my soul, I was not happy. I had done everything that life said or our our um, society says you need to do to be successful. And I was still not fulfilled. And I remember sitting there that day and sitting next to some very famous people and having a very exotic drink and sitting in custom-made suits and custom-made shoes. And is this it? Is this it? So I got here. And so I decided at that point, maybe I, I should do something different. And this is, I mean, I had so many of my friends that were like, are you nuts? Why would you destroy your brand? You're a, you're a, a, a national leader. You're, you're this, this and that, and you've worked so hard and now you're going to, what? You're going to, you're going to, you want to do, you want to go study in the Himalayas. You want to go to the Amazon. I have, you lost your mind? And I said, no, I've always thought, what would I do different next year? And in order to do that, I have to transmute who I am. And that's what I'm going to do. And, and that's why I left all that. And, and clearly, four years ago, I moved to Peru. Uh, and that was right before the pandemic hit. So that means I, I came out here. I sold everything I owned in, in Los Angeles. I left nothing. I shred my baby pictures, my high school annuals. I shred everything that I owned completely. 
And I came here with two suitcases because my guidance had said to me, you must leave with nothing in order to become who we see you need to be. Now, that's a pretty crazy thought for a guy like me who was used to the luxuries of life. But I did it. I followed it. I said, okay. I didn't even know that you could you could you could uh, order a truck to come to your house and they could shred your whole life in front of you, <laughs> but they are. And I remember I remember when I first heard that machine turn on and they were throwing in I mean accolades, uh, my mother's pictures, baby pictures, everything, everything. And I hear this, rawr, 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 rawr. I almost died. I thought, oh, what have I done? What have oh, I done? Wow. But it was gone like that, gone. So that's what, you know, that's that's kind of how I have looked at my my whole life is I realized one thing about life is that if you're not relevant and you're not changing, then you're obsolete. And that was one thing I didn't want to be is obsolete. Wow. That, yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm just thinking about the grinder grinding up here. Behind <laughs> Well, you know, it happens yeah. to so many people. Yeah, yeah. It happens to so many people because there's floods that just destroy everything, fires come through and wipe everything out. So it happens. It happens. I remember years ago somebody asked me that question. How attached are you? How attached are you to material things? Like, what about your photographs? Are you attached to those? I remember somebody asked me mm -hmm. that question and I went, Ooh, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? Yeah, now they're all on the cloud. Of course, you can access them. But uh, yeah, how attached? Of course, to the past. Wow. Okay. So, what happened next? Well, so I decided sell everything and come to Peru. So I have nothing when I come here. I have three suitcases, and I came in June, which June here is our winter. I was living in Long Beach, California. I was wearing shorts. So first I get here and it's winter and I'm going, oh my gosh, I have no clothes that I can wear here that I won't be cold, right? So I was going, wow, what have I done? And so I, I, I found a place. It's not this place. The place I'm in now actually is the second place that I've owned. And I decided, yeah, let's do this. But I'm, I made a very smart move that I didn't know then till later. And that was, I said, you know, I, I really love this place. And I want, I want to purchase this place, but I need some time to be here and really make sure that this is the place that I want. And because the place was a had nine buildings on the property, I want to make sure I understand the plumbing, all the things that could go wrong once I pay for this place and then have to fix. And I want to make sure that I understand the financial system in Peru because it's not like it is in the States. And they said, okay, we'll do a three-year contract. And then six months later, COVID hit. And the, the, the country of Peru shut down for two years. And here I was with no customers, no way to make a living, wow. in, a, in a place with you know 10,000 square meters going, what will I do now? And, yeah. and of course, the question we would have all asked, why me? Yeah. Why now? Why yeah. did you bring me here? Yeah. Right. Which is, by the way, what I'm writing in my next book is that mm -hmm. that whole story. But you know what? It, it taught me a lot. And I, and I, I mean, it was a, a scary time. And, and I had been used to taking I'm the guy that would always throw the dice and say, I'll give it a shot. 
you know, and I thought, well, I didn't come here to be a tourist. I came here to be part of the community. I need to figure out how to live here. And so the first two months of the pandemic in Peru, we had, we had, well, not actually the whole pandemic, but we were under martial law. I'd never seen, you know, military in the streets. I've never seen any of that. I mean, it was serious. I, you know, I, in the U S I mean, we had our rights. We stand by our rights, right? Well, you didn't have any rights here. <laughs> wow. You, you did what the military told you to do. Oh, and so, wow. you know, during that time, I got to tell you, I, I, I cried a lot. Wow. Because I really didn't know what to do. I remember, you'll love this. I remember there was this one point where I was so upset that I said, I'm going to walk to town. And you could go to town, but there were very few, there was nobody around. And I'm going to buy me a bottle of water, a bottle of water. I'm going to buy me a bottle of wine. I'm going to drink the whole thing. <laughs> I'm doing it today. So I went to town. I bought me a bottle of wine and I get home and guess what? I didn't have an opener. I just cried. <laughs> so, oh, no. I can't even open this bottle. So I went to bed. I went to bed, you know, and everybody, why didn't you check on the internet? I didn't want to check the internet. I just, I just, I, it was just like life was going, you're going to learn. You're going to learn. So long story short, obviously it was a long pandemic. A lot of things happened. But one of the things that I was taught during those two years of solitude, I, do you remember the movie? What was the movie where you had the ball? Uh, the Wilson? Uh, oh, yeah. Who was it? Yeah, who yeah. Who was that? Yeah, uh, where, Tom Wilson Hanks. Wilson was his friend. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah. I, almost bought, I almost wanted to have my Wilson. Wilson! <laughs> You know, it was just me and Wilson. <laughs> I swear to God, I just want to shake my, I just want to shake my little ball. You know, Wilson, help me. But you know, I, I, I learned something about why I was there, and this is, this is what I learned. This is what Mother Nature taught me. This is what here the Apus or the sacred mountains of Peru is that I came here, and even though I sold everything, I didn't let go of my identity. Mm. I didn't let go of my persona. Mm-hmm. I still wanted to be the the leader, the Daniel Gutierrez has been on four magazines, the author, the blah, blah, blah. All that came with me. And I remember once, and, and, and you can go probably find this video, is that during the pandemic, every day for a hundred and something days, I did a Facebook Live. And I did that for two things. One, my friends were worried about me. And two, for my own sanity. But about day 40, I'd already had enough for this pandemic. I'd had enough. And I lost it on Facebook. I mean, Facebook Live. I was F-bombing the whole world. The whole world. And everybody's writing me notes going, Daniel, Daniel, get off of Facebook Live. You can't say that to people. I say, F you too, F you too. You know, it was horrible. (laughs) That's That's my most famous Facebook Live on Facebook. It's still there. So I remember getting done with this and going, maybe I should take a break off of Facebook. (laughs) And so, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I I remember my friends all, they were all like my, everything was lighting up, like, stop it, stop it. I'm going, no, F you, F you, F you too. (laughs) I just lost it. I remember, I remember connecting to mother earth. I remember to connecting to what I know best. I remember connecting to myself. And I heard this message again. that says, you still want to be the same old Daniel Gutierrez, but we brought you here to be something different. And until you're willing to let go, 
you will continue to suffer the consequences of your of your stubbornness. When you came here, and I know you respect me as Mother Nature, Pachamama, Apus, but you since you've been here, you've had you've hired people to mow the lawn, to feed the animals. You you personally have not put your hands in the soil. You hadn't even mowed the lawn. You don't even know what it's like. I want you to put your hands in the soil and connect with me. I want you to understand the energy of where you live. And when you do that, you will transmute yourself into something new that you could never understand. And I went, really? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Let go of it all? I've already given you everything. I don't own anything. Well, that's exactly what I did. I said, okay. So my bio is impressive, but it's not me. It's an old me, but it's not me. And I think about uh, those days in, in New York and Chicago and Dallas and Los Angeles, but they're just a thought for me now. I get that I came here to do something different. And the last, yeah, I just turned 60, right? So the, the last, whatever it is that I have left on this earth to live is to be in commune with the indigenous people here, to be in commune with Mother Nature, to be in commune with Pachimama, with the Apus. And what a joy it is to be here. And I remember doing interviews, Karen, where I would say to them, I don't think I'm going to live out of 50 mm -hmm. because my life was so stressful in the U.S., so, I mean, waking up and, you know, flying overnight to, to New York and doing meetings all day and flying back without even sleeping. I remember those days. And I, I remember in interviews, I would say, I don't think I'm going to be out of my 50s. And now I can proudly tell you with everything in my soul that I, I'm clearly going to live into my 90s because I'm living different. I'm living full and free and, and even realizing more today that that life is more than that carrot that life puts in front of us. And we all fall, we fall prey to that carrot, whatever it may be for you. I mean, for me, it was money and stock options, <laughs> you know, and, and now, now it's, wow, I have, I have llamas, alpacas, sheep, goats, chickens, dogs, cats. I mean, I have all these animals that I always wanted to have to play with in, in, you know, at my retreat center. And, that's 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 amazing to me. I can't tell you how much my heart sings. And and I tell people, I said, how do I know I made the right decision in spite of all the pain I went through? When I get up in the morning and I pour myself a cup of this great Peruvian coffee and I walk outside, my soul, my heart sings from the inside out instead of the outside in. Mm. I feel the essence of who I am. I feel the connection of Mother Nature around me. And, and, and this picture behind me, folks, is, is the mountain in front of my house. It's just one of three around me. Right? I have three. I have one on this side, one on this side, one in the front. I sit in front of that mountain every single day. Every day I sit there, I just stare at it. And I go, wow. Life is good. Life is good. And so it's been an amazing ride. I mean, I'm writing the next book now, and I don't know when I'm going to finish it because I tend to go outside and forget about it. But it's about, you know, it's called the the agony and ecstasy of, of the agony and ecstasy of living your dreams in a world pandemic. Mm. Because you know what? Whether whether it's a world pandemic or whatever you want to call it, your life, we do have a choice, and the choice is to follow our dreams until the day we can't. Right. 
And so yeah. that's my crazy story. I mean, I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> oh, man. You know, oh, gosh, letting go, detachment. You know, the Buddhists talk about det- how attached are mm. you, how attached. And so yes. many people are looking to be the best-selling author. You know, they're so attached to that identity that you left behind. They're trying to gain the identity. You know, the spiritual teacher, the best-selling author, the success, the success. So many of people are just chasing, chasing it, chasing it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The carrot, the carrot. They're chasing the carrot. And I had it all, all those titles. You can look, you can look me up anywhere you want to look me up, and you're gonna see it. It just doesn't matter. It's like the Buddhist teach, like you said, detachment. When you really understand detachment, then all these different ways and people that try to make you something that maybe you're not will fall away. And the things that are real will come through. Actually, to become Whatever title you're looking for, it is all about detachment because you'll reach that when you learn to let go. Mm. It's when we think that we're controlling the, you know, the best success leader, the best this, the best that, that we never attain it. It's always within our reach, but we can't attain it until we're willing to say, someone taught me something I just remembered. Someone just taught me something. said, never be married to your dreams. Never be married to your dreams. Never, because there could be a better one. Why am I saying that? Because the center that I that I was renting, remember I told you that, the place I'm in now, which is called Catalina also, and, and it's a beautiful property, is 56,000 square meters. The one I was in was 10,000 square meters. And the person that lived here was, a, was a, a follower at one time, became a dear friend. She passed away two years ago. And I remember coming to this house. I wrote one of my books here. And it's, it always used to go, wow, what a beautiful place. Wow, it's amazing. I never cared to buy it. I never wanted to be in it. It was just a place that I would go to. She passed away and her husband came to me and said to me, I need you to buy this place. And I said, I have a place. What am I going to do with two? And they're only about, you know, 30 minutes apart, uh, away from each other. And then I hear this gentleman who said to me when I was 20-something years old, never be married to your dreams. There might be something better. And I said, okay, so I'm going to have two places at the same time. And I did until I was able to make a deal to get rid of the other one. And now I'm living in a place that's absolutely amazing. So like you said, detachment. I don't know that I was really thinking about that. I was just thinking about, (laughs) okay, really, how much more can I let go of? There's nothing there. (laughs) I mean, my clothes, I I remember giving the homeless my two and $3,000 suits. With my name in them and going, I have lost my freaking mind. What am I doing? But I did. So, and guess what? I went from I went from three pieces of luggage to two fully first, fully furnished locations a year ago. And I thought, how did I do that? How did I have nothing? And now I have so much stuff I got to give it away again. You know, it's amazing what we do as human beings, right? We just collect stuff like little ants. Absolutely, anyway. absolutely. Like stuff, stuff, just, yeah, absolutely. There's enough <laughs> stuff in the world. I, yeah. Gosh, I had so many questions and I've forgotten what they were because I'm like listening to your story. 
Okay, okay, got it. I'm going to go back to Wilson. Wilson, I was thinking when you were alone and kind of yeah, Wilson. Out, did you yeah? Did you have your mob, your guides, your team, your spiritual team to talk to your guidance? Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I you know I've always believed. You know, I, I've I have read every single religious book out there, the Quran, everything. Uh, I was a licensed Baptist minister at the age of seventeen, so I have a spiritual base, and that's the only thing I had let to hang on to was to sit down and say, "Okay." And my mother passed away in the middle of all this, so she's kind of been a guide for me too. And I would just say, "Mom, really, can't you do anything on the other side? <laughs> Aren't you supposed to have a little power? Anything?" <laughs> you know. But you know, I. I I think when we get into those spaces, the thing that I relied upon was un the understanding of the universal laws, that I am what, you, what I think about. And, and, and in, in my last book, Radical Mindfulness, I wrote, if I can ask myself, in this moment, am I okay? In this moment, not the one before, not the one after. In this moment, am I okay? And the answer is yes. And I have nothing to worry about and I need to stay right there. And that's what made me, that's how I made it was staying connected to source in the moment, because that's the only place you can connect the source, whatever you want to call it. It's in the moment. It's in the existence of the present breath that I can connect with that. And I realized, and I would say to myself, Daniel, because I would wake up like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if I lose this? And what if, what, what am I going to do? And there's nothing back home. And what the hell am I going to do? Oh my God. And then I would just go, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> self -talk. I had no one to talk to. Wilson, uh, Daniel, are you okay right now? Yes. Okay. Then you're all right. I'd go outside and drink some wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but connecting myself to source was absolutely essential. It really taught me who I was and that all the things that we strive for, all the th people, places, and things that we, you know, titles, I think is in essence a test or a lesson in processes that someday you might need to rely on. And that's something I had, leadership, thoughtfulness, spirituality. I had all that, but I needed to, I remember, you're, are you an author? Have you written, have you written a book before? Yeah, yeah, a couple of books, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. So then you'll appreciate this. So I've written five books and, and I've never read a single book after I wrote it. I may have taught from it, but I never read it because I figured I wrote it. I know what's in there. And I remember this one point where I was almost losing my mind where spirit says to me, read your own book. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's a pretty good idea. And I remember reading the book going, wow. Man, that's some good stuff right there. Yeah, practice it. <laughs> practice what you wrote. <laughs> I know. And that's and that's and I in the back of this book, I wrote, you know, six steps of being radically mindful. And that helped me through this whole process. As I remembered, you have the tools, mister. That's what you wrote about. Use them. But sometimes yeah. we're just by going back to what you said earlier, my goal was to write as many books as I could to be the best selling author of a thousand books and be the best leader in the world. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Tomorrow, tomorrow they'll forget about you. <laughs> it's tomorrow they'll forget about you. Yeah, you'll ju you're just another book <laughs> in the in the dumpster on the throw out. On the throw out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah just another book I know as I was reading your bio five books I was thinking oh god I've only got two I better write some more and I'm like ah well maybe I will maybe I won't (laughs) wow yeah okay so it sounds like through all of this you you know reaching the heights of success and working for the White House and all that sort of stuff you were still on a mission to make a difference in people's lives to teach to teach people about always whatever they think they want because I think a lot of people think they want you know to be famous to be rich to be a politician to change the world whatever Mm. people think that they want uh so how were you teaching that and how did that change when you moved to Peru because you're still teaching that right you're still teaching people you're still teaching yes yes the only way I have learned the best teach is to teach with your actions, not your words. And I remember when I became president of this prestigious organization in New York City, I was the first individual entrepreneur to lead an organization full of top-level C-suite companies like IBM, Target, Best Buy. All these big companies were in this organization. I was the president. And... When one of the board members came to me and said, we're happy to see you president, we need a teacher to teach us how to be better people because they had the money, they had the success. Well, that was the problem. All that went to their head, right? And so just, I wasn't any less successful. I just didn't use it the way they did, you know? And so my tenure there was all about, you know, teaching them through action, no, maybe that's not a good idea. Do this. And so, yeah, it's it's been about, I'm not going to tell you I'll support you. I'll show you. I'll show you. And I'll do it in a way that lets you know that I need nor do I want anything from you. I'm doing this because it's just who I am. And that's that's exactly what I'm doing now. That's what I'm doing here, here in the sacred valley of the Incas, you know, where I thought I would get away from leadership. I, I It just looks different. Mm-hmm. It just looks different because my education in business and government is like a PhD at Harvard. You know, mm-hmm. they're just not as advanced as, as we are in the United States or in other developing countries, not developing first world countries. And so it's been a pleasure for me to show up. So it's always about, I, I I'm not going to tell you, although I do a lot of teaching, I don't expect anyone to do anything I haven't done myself or I'm not doing myself. And so I'm constantly thinking about that, constantly thinking about that. Is this something you would do or are you just saying this because it sounds good? And I challenge myself that way. Yeah. So people are coming to your center. Why Why are they coming? Are they coming to see Machu Picchu, to experience Peru, or are they coming for something more? Uh, well, we're, I'm, I'm not a, we're not a, like a, a tourist company. We are a spiritual destination. Mm-hmm. So people come here, of course, they want to go see Machu Picchu. Uh, some people want to um, advance in plant medicine. Ayahuasca, San Pedro. Uh, Some people want to come and just be alone. It just depends on what they're seeking. My first question to all of them is, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? What brought you here? Because that which you are seeking is seeking you Mm -hmm. at the same time. 
So there's got to be a reason why you're here. Let's find out what that is. Let's make this the best seven days, of, you know, because people stay for seven days. Let's let's see how. And sometimes, because I do two things, I provide a space for people to bring their own groups. So I have people bring groups, and then I also have my own uh, groups that I reach out to. In other words, you can. They're not there yet, but next year's uh, retreats will be listed on there. I take them to the Amazon jungle. I take them to the most spiritual mountains. I take them to festivals of indigenous people uh, of 150,000 to really understand that what they have at home, they should be grateful for. Mm. Let me show you that the world is not what you think. And that even though <laughs> I remember my friends going, Daniel, 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 why would you live in a house? Because I remember saying, you know, if I go to the bathroom and it's raining, I have to be careful. I don't get wet. They're going, what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? I said, the water comes through the window. <laughs> and they went, not you. No way. Oh, my gosh. But what a chance to connect with life. You know, I mean, I I couldn't help but go to the bathroom and laugh when it was raining because I was going, I'm gonna get wet going to the bathroom. But it was just just the way things were built here. It's not the it's not a first world country. It's a developing country, so things aren't the same. And, and my house today is Adobe. You know, it's Adobe. It's handmade mud, but it just happens to be you know a big four thousand square foot house. It's beautiful. But I think we I always go back to what would I do. If I'm giving advice, what would I do? Not what I think you should do, but what, what I do and then come from that space. And that's why I think I'm still leading in that space. And people come here, like you said, like you asked, uh, for self-development. And they come here sometimes for group development. And both are, are very welcomed here. Mm. I was having this conversation with a friend at dinner last night, actually, and she is in a transition. Her, her mother's died. She's packing up her mother's house and she's putting all the stuff in storage and she doesn't know where she wants to live. Like she's in that transition. She kept talking about it constantly. Now, where can I go to find the best vibration? Where's the place that's going to suit me? And I kept saying, you know, the vibration isn't in the place. The vibration is in you. It's in you. You know, like people yes. are looking for these high vibrational places. And I guess that, that you know, Machu Picchu and Peru and places like that have been renowned for that, like in Australia, Uluru and Byron Bay and just certain places. But, yeah, the places you can be in the most spiritual place on earth and live in hell, right? So, yeah. is it, So yes. when people yes. come to the mountains and they're looking for some sort of transformation. The transformation doesn't come from the mountains. It comes from within them, right? Do you want to explain that a bit? Yeah. The, I, I go one step further. I, I think that people in our world today are looking for transmutation. Transformation in the spiritual world um, or in the, yeah, and let's just say spiritual world, it's a beautiful story about the butterfly who, you know, the butterfly, the caterpillar on the, you know, the floor of the, of the forest climbs up, eats himself silly into a big cocoon and then it becomes a big, beautiful butterfly. That's the transform. That's the transformation story. Although it's beautiful and cute, it's not true. The truth is, is that that caterpillar transmutes itself by dying to itself 
creating a different enzyme, becoming a liquid, and then becoming this beautiful butterfly. It is not ever, and nor will it ever be the same. It is literally dying to itself. It's dying by the renewing of itself into something better and something more beautiful. That's the true story behind the butterfly and the caterpillar. And so I think that people are looking for a true transmutation. Now, I, I agree. Transmutation doesn't sound sexy at all. I mean, it's like, I don't want to transmute. Who wants to transmute? <laughs> but it is the truth, right? It is the truth. And if we can find a way to transmute, <laughs> I know it's crazy. Trans, transmutation requires that we're willing to let go of whatever we think we are to become who we should, to become who we're destined to become. And here... We give people that opportunity. We give that the people the opportunity by sh not sitting in class all day and learning about what I think is the wonderful thing you should be learning, because I don't know what you should be learning. I know what I can show you so that you can learn for yourself, right? I always was the teacher said, I'm not giving you the answer. Figure it out. Well, if I put you in a situation in front of the most majestic mountain in Peru, and you feel the powerful energy behind it, maybe in your own beingness, you will find your way to transmute your thoughts and realize where you are and what you need to do to become who you need to be. I might put you in the jungle and you and you uh, and and in the jungle, you're you're faced with everything, including a man uh, manatee, a manatee, a uh, uh, um a grasshopper can kill you. Because that's what they had to protect themselves. Mosquitoes, malaria, everything. Why? So that you can challenge yourself to transmute yourself. And, 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 and Machu Picchu, of course, is beautiful. And I have been able to walk with people in places that they never thought they could do. To what? Not so I could sit in a classroom and tell you how great I am and what I know. That's not what's important. What's important is, like you said, that vibration you're looking for comes from within, does not come from without. You can put the best guru in front of you, and if you don't believe him or her or you don't listen, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You need to dig deep inside of you. And, that, and that's the thing that I think for me that I had to do here was, okay, now I watch TV and I miss, you know, ice skating and at Christmas and in, in New York and all those fancy things that I enjoy doing. But man, am I happy that I found, I found my way to transmute who I was into what I know the universe knew I could be. And, and that was my destiny. That was where I was leading. That's where the world was leading me. The problem, Karen, is that people think they want that, but they won't go there. They just absolutely fear, uh, as you said, detaching, letting go. But my job, my job here is just to put you in a situation that allows you to, to, to question yourself. What do I need to question you? You do have enough people in your life questioning you. You don't need me doing that. But clearly, I am just a light in the forest guiding you through the for dark forest long enough for you to grab the lantern yourself and go on your own way. 
and then seeing what's in before you, right? And and I, that's what we do here. That that's part of my and 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 now I obviously my wife is indigenous. Uh, I I mix that with the indigenous culture of Peru. You know, I mean, uh, the feathers, the this, the that. I mean, yeah, we do all that stuff because I believe in it. I have faith in it. I have faith in it. It works. Why does it work? Because it's worked for eons and eons and eons and eons of decades of years. It's always worked. And that's what we're missing in, in corporate America. That's what we're missing in corporate big business. We have forgotten. We have forgotten who we are. We have forgotten where we come from. And until we're able to connect with that, we're doomed. We're doomed yeah. to continue to destroy ourselves. Yeah. You know, something that you said, you put people in situations that can allow them to really experience what they know, what they're learning, what they want to learn. I think life does that. We were having this discussion in the inner sanctum and someone was saying that she wanted to avoid a second conversation I had with someone who had all this paranormal experiences because it was too scary. And like what we try and do is avoid the things that scare us or avoid the drama. And life, right. says, life says, how do you know what you're made of unless you're experiencing something that's going to show you? Like you said, if you're in the jungle, right. and, you know, you're not in your comfort zone. Like, how do you know that you're putting this practice into, that you're practicing it? You're putting this knowledge into practice unless life puts you in a situation that makes you put it into practice, like shredding everything and moving to Peru. <laughs> and then the pandemic hits. <laughs> like, you really know what you're made of then, right? Yeah, I felt like the clay on a potter's wheel when he picks it up or she picks it up and slams it because there's still bubbles in it. And I'm going, ah, I'm fine, you know, and it, bam, 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 let's get the bubbles out. Yes, the way life was doing me, bam, we got bubbles in there, you got bubbles in there. Whew, I'm glad that stopped. <laughs> glad that's so your intention to move to Peru was to to bring people together in that country like that was yes. your intention yeah so when you when yes. you thought oh that'd be a good idea i'll go to peru and i'll bring groups to peru okay so i revisited one yeah. of my favorite movies which was a book out on a limb shirley mclean was one of the first spiritual books i ever picked up and i had an experience with her on the astral plane which was which i won't go into but i revisited the movie out on a limb where she goes to peru and she has some out-of-body experiences. She has some experiences with this guy that takes her there. I love that. I love that story. So one of the experiences is talking to the ETs and she talks to the indigenous, as you call them, and they say, oh, yeah, they're up there, you know, like this is oh, what going way back when she was there. Do they still all sort of, you know, talk about the ships in the sky above the mountains and stuff like that? What's going on over there? A few years back, the heart center of the heart chakra energy moved from the Himalayas to the Andes. Mm -hmm. It was just this big, enormous shift in energy. They put the, the heart chakra here in the Andes. I don't know about the spaceships and things, but they do talk about their ancestors. I, above On my property, above the, one of the mountains to the right of me, there is uh, tombs that are 600 years old. 
Mm-hmm. And I believe those people still, their energy is still there. It's still there. I mean, they're great people. I always do ceremony for them. Thank them for being there. The indigenous people and the people of the Andes are very strongly connected to Pachamama, to Mother Earth. And, and, and they believe in that so strongly that it has healing power. Healing power, health-wise, mentally, physically, emotionally. And so in that sense, yes, the country is still in it. Because this is not a, a class they took online and, be, and, be, and started deciding it was a great idea. This is passed down through generations and generations and generations. And it's just a way of life. We find it in modern world as, whoo, isn't that cool? Look at that. Look at no, no, but this is not, it's like someone saying to an indigenous person, I love your costume. It's not a costume. That's what they wear. It's like you wearing jeans and a t-shirt. I don't call that a costume. There's not a costume either. It just happens for us to look that way, right? So yeah, very much so here. Um, I think in Peru, because of that, well, let me say this. In the Andes, in the sacred valley of the Incas, throughout this all part of the Andes, yes, I wouldn't say that that's true in Lima because Lima is like Los Angeles, you know, or any other big city, Sydney, right? It's just a big city. But here in the sacred valley of the Incas, here in, the, in where where spirituality is part of life, it's not something we do. It is life. It is ingrained in our way of thinking and being. And when people come here, you don't have to hire crazy shamans and all that stuff. Just sit, just sit and you will connect to that energy and you will feel it. And that's what we're looking for. Now. Yes. Of course, I've got people that I work with that, that are masters, masters at what they do. But I truly believe that you could come here and sit and let the mountains speak to you. And they would, it's all up to you. Yeah. Yeah, I I think one of the stories of Machu Picchu is that the race that built it. I mean, what do you what do you think the story of Machu Picchu because when you look at it, it's like sitting so high up on a mountain. How did they build it? And who were these people? And where did they go? Where did they disappear to? <laughs> well, that's all still a mystery. It's still a mystery. However, the Incas who inhabited it last were not the people that necessarily built it because the Incas came way after many different groups of people lived here in Peru. Right. Like the people, the Incas came through where I live, but it was a, it was a civilization 600 years ago that had their tombs above here that came first. And so you can tell by the way they built things, who the Incas were and who the people before them were. Machu Picchu was built where it was at because the Incas believed to be closer to the sun god was to be godly. That's one of the main reasons it's so high, because the higher they could get, the better they were connecting to the sun god. Um, Papa Inti, Papa Inti Mamakia, right? Connecting to all that. There's many stories about what happened to those people. I don't know what the real story is, and I've asked people that, that live there. You know, what's the story? And, you know, there's they left, they were killed off. There's so many stories. And I don't know. I'm not even going to begin to tell you that I know what the real story is. But I can tell you this, that you can go there. And if you sit quiet, you can almost hear them running around in there, just running around in there. They're doing their way of life. And 
I would say most of the people can't do that. Some can. Why? Because they won't slow down long enough or quit taking pictures long enough to really connect to that beauty. And that's true about all of us everywhere, right? It doesn't matter where you're at in the world today or, or where you're watching this program from. That, that you know, being mindful, being in the moment is what we're looking for. Just a, just a tiny bit. And so Machu Picchu, I don't know. There's a few stories out there I've heard. I don't know if I believe any of them. What I do know is, is that it was a very high spiritual level of people that lived there. Mm. Have you had any mystical experiences up there when you've gone up there? Not at Machu Picchu, but other places, yes. Yes, I, I've had some moments where I was just blown away, and, and I can't explain them. I, I remember once coming in, going on, I don't know why I keep doing this on Facebook, but I went on Facebook, and, and I was explaining this spiritual experience that I had, this connection to, I remember I used to come here, and I used to say to Peru, and, and I used to ask people in my viewership, database, whatever you want to call it, if there's a prayer I can give for you, what would it be? And I would get hundreds of prayers from all different kinds of countries from all over the world. And, and I remember once being in a cave that was, it's called the Nuepa Iglesia. And I remember being in this, in this cave, and, and I remember specifically saying, I don't want to be a fraud. I can't possibly know everybody's prayer. I couldn't remember I don't, I, you know, I had people dying. Is my brother going to die? I, I mean, all kinds of questions. And so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden this wind comes in. And, and, and all of a sudden I'm like looking down at my hands and there was a book and I could see every single prayer that was asked of me at the same time. I could see them all. And I also saw the answers to each one of them. And I remember that moment, like, sitting and it was a friend that was with me playing the flute. And I remember, you know, kind of just kind of snapping out of it. And he goes, Daniel, you're falling back. I was falling backwards. And he catches me and he says, what, what happened? I said, you didn't see that. He goes, what? I went, <laughs> you know what, what just happened? But that was one of those moments where I connected with the spirits that were in that cave. And I was given a gift in that moment to say, you're doing fine. So let me show you your abilities. If you choose to play with them. Right. And that, and it was just amazing to be able to do that. Now, I never told anyone that your friend, your, you know, your friend's going to die at this day because I knew, but it wasn't my place to say that. That's the way I felt. It's none of my business. Let nature take its course. And though, you know, but the ones that I could answer, I would answer. Right. But that was one of the times in, in, in that one place that I do still take people there called Nueva Iglesia. It's beautiful. On one side, you have this. Like, how did any indigenous people cut into the stone that to, in today's world we need laser? And on the other side, you could clearly see it was man-made. And it's like, okay, did the extraterrestrials do this? Someone did this, but it was not man-made and not during that time because they didn't have the machinery for it. Now, these kinds of things are always baffle me, right? But they exist here because there was always that, that connection between the power of Mamakia, which is the moon, and the stars and the constellation and how smart the Incas were and how they connected to that. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking, listening to your stories, what, what's the best time to go there, to go over to Peru? Is it like, is it boiling there, hot in well, the summer? There's not, there, there's never a bad time to come to Peru. January and February are wet months. Okay. okay so it rains. 
uh, February, March, April are green months. So because it's rained, everything is beautifully green. May, June, July, August is our winter. So it's cold at night, but it doesn't get lower. Well, it's uh, 30 degrees. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, 30 degrees, 32 degrees. It doesn't freeze here. There's no snow. And then September, October, November, December, great months, great weather. So there's really not a bad month to come here. I just don't recommend people to come in February, January because of the rain. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which is where but, we're But people, up. I mean, all I can say is that I let Mother Nature do its work here. I'm just a guide. I just, you know, yeah, sometimes I teach. Yes, of course, I'm always here to lead people. But I just say connect, connect. You'll soon be home and you can worry about whatever the hell you're worrying about. Just connect. And if you do that, and if you do that, I promise you, you'll leave a different person. Because nature is so beautiful here and so alive, so alive and so willing to connect if we're choosing to connect. Yeah, beautiful. So, Daniel, <laughs> with what's happening in the world, we're going through some really intense times. And I think that probably next year it's going to get more mm -hmm. intense. So there's war yes. and there's um, I had a beautiful angel lady on the show recently who said that her daughter called it the poly crisis, you know, the news will have something different to talk about every day because there's another crisis every day. There's another fire. There's another flood. There's another tornado. There's another war. There's another, you know, we here in Sydney yesterday, was it yesterday, day before? Yeah, I think I told you on Facebook, uh, one of our biggest telcos crashed, which meant that over 10 million people had no phone or internet. <laughs> That was a bit of a crisis for business wow. anyway. It wasn't a crisis for me, but it was a crisis for business. People couldn't take payments. Everyone's freaking out. What would your advice be to people to navigate the poly crisis, the intensity in trauma that's happening in the world? You know, Karen, I've thought about that. I've always been very vocal about my thoughts that come to me and I have not said anything uh, lately about what's going on in our world. Uh, and I'm sure I eventually will, but I keep coming back to something that is very basic elementary to some and very difficult for others. And that is our most dominant thought is always being brought into existence. Always. And if our most dominant thought is war, then war will have. If our most dominant thought is famine, it's famine that we'll have. If our most dominant thought is the end of the world, then we will bring that to being. We as human beings have the capacity to shift and move when we're willing to not be fixated on current events. That's hard. I'm no different than anyone else. But I do know that, you know, in the United States, I don't even know, but let's just say 10, 15 years ago, we had a problem with abductions. There were young children were being abducted every five minutes. And, and the whole United States and maybe even the world was, was watching the news. So the, the, the consciousness of the world was fixated on abduction. And the more we fixated on it, the more it happened. And then someone's brilliant idea was that we would create an Amber Alert 
with signs all over the United States that would say child in this car, whatever, just so we could help stop this. And then something dramatic happened. Something else took the mind of the media off the abductions and shifted it to something else, and the whole world went with it. Guess what? Abductions went down. Abductions were always happening, but nobody fixated on it. And those signs, at best, now say five minutes from the airport. They're useless. And so I'm not trying to minimize what's going on in this world, because I would never do that. But I know the power of our existence depends on the power of the mind, the understanding of our consciousness and subconscious mind, and how we use that. The, so, so if we look at it from an individual standpoint, what is the best thing I can do for the world? Is to keep believing that I that my most dominant thought is being brought into existence. And if little old me here in the Andes of Peru can be and believe in peace, then peace we will have. And that's the best advice I can give the world right now because it breaks my heart to see what is happening. Be peace, that's all. And collectively, we will change the world if we believe and have faith. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, I mean, it's interesting. A lot of people in the spiritual conscious community say, "I don't listen to the mainstream news," but the mainstream news has been so intense lately; it's hard not to listen to it. So, there's a lot of people in Sydney. It's a big Jewish community here that are in trauma with what's happening in Israel. Mm-hmm. And then there's, of course, like, I was at dinner with you know five Jewish women and they're talking about how the anti-Semitism is because like the what's happening to Gaza and like it's just all up in your face and everyone's in trauma about it and everyone's grieving and because they've got family in Israel and yeah there's just so much going on so really that message was yeah that message it's like be the peace be be the be what what is it be the peace what be love see, be what you want to see in the world be that be your most yeah yeah look if we if if a friend is, is is coming to us and and telling us their their sadness whatever they may be going through yeah if we get involved in their thoughts and feelings we become part of the problem right what they're actually asking for is love yeah give them that without getting involved, without getting involved. And that's what we, we have to separate ourselves. And some people might say that that's, that's insensitive. I say yeah. it's the way to find peace. It's the way to find peace. And, and yeah, I mean, I sit here and I'm in these beautiful Andes and, you know, everything's calm here. But, but I, my, you know, I, to those people who say they don't watch TV or they don't watch, they're, I'm sorry, they're useless. I mean, if you are not willing to engage in life at life's level, then you are useless. And I'm not meaning that in a bad way. I'm just saying get engaged by sharing your love and sharing your peace right. in a way that doesn't, doesn't make someone else mad. It doesn't offend them. Yeah. We don't have to say anything to be peace. Just sit. That's it. Nothing else. And yes, they're doing some good. 
because they're being peace. But I, I do believe, I mean, a lot of people say to me, I mean, after I left the, the U.S. And, and been here, you know, why do you still watch politics? I think good leaders should always be informed. Good leaders should always be informed about what's going on in the world. What, what if you're next? What if you're the next person that could change the world? You know nothing. That's yeah. why I stay engaged. I stay involved. And it hurts because I'm an empath. And it hurts. Yeah. But I know in my heart of hearts, all I have to do is, is and every day I read to continually train my brain to understand the power of thought, the power of my connection to source, the power that that source, God, whatever you believe in is only one thing and one thing only, regardless of your opinions, of your opinions. That's love. That's it. And the rest of it is human. So we have to find a way to connect with that and bring it forth into the world so that we can find that peace that that Gaza deserves, that Israel deserves, that the world deserves, because we're all traumatized. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you're Jewish or not. It's horrible. It's horrible. Be peace. Yeah. See peace. Be love. Yeah. Be the peace. There's a fabulous channel called Paul Selleck, and his guides brought through something that I love. He says, uh, when you see the divine in what you look at, what you look at is transformed. So, you know, we can see the divine in a flower, in a mountain, <laughs> in some ruins. Yes. But can we see the divine in genocide, in war, in destruction? Yeah. In death, in trauma. Uh, can, can you know, that's a, that's a, that's, that's a, yeah, I, I I think there's beauty in everything, but I, I have to tell you, I'm not there. So I can't, I, I don't want to even pretend that I understand because I don't, but I, I do know that there's beauty in everything. And, and, and I don't know where's the beauty in war. I'm not there, but I'm sure when, when, when under the rubble, they pull a baby that's alive, that's beauty. That's God. That's love. You know, that's hope. You know, and those are the things that we have to look at because it's so easy to hate. It's so easy to want to just destroy. And 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 every little situation, I think, has that little little bitty glimpse of love in it. It's up to us to decide if we want to put on the lenses of hate or the lenses of possibility and look for that. And and again, I'm gonna say this because I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. I'm not trying to understand how people feel. I'm not trying to none of that. I'm just saying from where I'm sitting, for what Daniel Gutierrez sitting up on this mountain at 10,000 feet can do for the world is to sit outside, even though I cry, and say, I love you. I can't, I'm not there, and I'm not gonna try to understand. All I'm saying is I love you and I see peace. I see peace. And if a 100 million people did that, we'd have that. But we don't have that. Yeah. We're getting there slowly, slowly, slowly with these conversations. We'll get there. Our groups. Yes, it helps. People, uh, you know, participating in what they're learning and practicing it. Because it's all very well knowing this stuff. But, you know, when the shift hits the fan, can you practice peace inside of trauma? inside of trauma that's right years ago 10 years yeah. 10 years ago i put on a big peace day festival and um putting on festivals i'm sure that you've been a part of you know putting on big events <laughs> there's always something that's going wrong yeah <laughs> and it was on international peace day yes 
we did it to promote International Peace Day. And uh, there was a lot of people involved. It was like 300 people involved. And then, you know, and everything that possibly could go wrong went wrong. But I remember saying to myself, no matter what happens, it is Peace Day today and I'm going to be at peace. <laughs> and I was. You know, everything That's went right. wrong. We lost lots of money. And, but, you know, can you be peace inside? You really don't know what peace is unless you're inside. That's right. Uh, the trauma, and then you practice the piece. Yeah. Oh, darling one, you are yes. fabulous. You're such a fabulous storyteller. I could listen to you all day. What would you like Thank to you. share with people? <laughs> Thank you. What would you like to share with people before we go? You know, listen, if you need a break, if you need a chance to connect with you, Come out and see me out here in Peru. I have a beautiful retreat center. She'll put the link there because it is long. And, and you know, I will offer you listeners a deal to get them to come out. I know Australia is a long way. And for those of you that are closer, just come. I have never allowed. I had a woman once from the UK. She turned 80 this year. And she's called me one day. She heard me on radio or some some interview I was doing and said, you know, Daniel, I want to come, but I just can't afford it. And I said, okay, well, what would you like to do? She goes, can I make payments? I said, okay, sure. Three years at $25 a month or something like that. And she eventually showed up here. Wow. And she's almost blind. So I was. her daughter was upset that she made it out here. So she makes it out here. And this year she came back to celebrate her 80th birthday. And I've always said to people, the money will take care of itself. What you need to decide is whether you have the commitment to make a trip and a journey to the journey of your soul. And if you are, then I'm here and my wife is here and we're here to take care of you so that you can have the either breakthrough or the break if you have a crazy life like I used to. But either way, you know, my heart's desire, I came out, you know, I almost feel like that movie, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, unless there's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> then they can't get in. <laughs> then because they can't get in. Yeah, well, that's 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 BS. I already know that. <laughs> anyway, I'm saying, hey, come be 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 peace. No matter where you go, take time to be with yourself. Pay attention to your thoughts. Know that together as a as a collective community of people around the world, if we just focus on peace and love, we will get there. It may not be the way we want to, but we will get there one thought at a time. And Karen, thank you for having me. I mean, I heard about you uh, through Shirley and and I hope you come out here and and visit. Uh, oh, darling, it's, I'm everyone I'm that comes definitely going. It's as I say, it's been it's been on the bucket. People say what's on your bucket list? And I hadn't thought about it. And I thought, yeah, definitely Peru. I think probably because of that movie, yeah, that, you know, that book, that book, Shirley MacRae. Celestine Prophecy. Celestine Prophecy, yeah, that one that and uh, the book Shirley MacRae. Yeah, I just, yeah, definitely on the bucket list. So I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking hmm, maybe September. You said September's a good time. I'm thinking maybe September next year. I'm thinking about it. Yes. The cogs, are, yeah. know, the wheels are turning. Good. Let's, um, do you want to put up behind you the, um, put up the screenshot of your center there pop it up behind you the house the center yeah, the house, yeah the hang house. on all right i'll do that i call it my house but it's the center 
That's it. Look at that. Beautiful. I can't move out of the way, yeah? No. People, yeah, but we can see <laughs> there it. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and the website. you, you Come and really, see us. You get a really good look at the house and everything on the website. Yeah, amazing. You know, I was thinking I wouldn't have the first clue about how to, where to go or anything like that. And then Shirley mentioned you and I'm like, there you go. That's where I can go. Because, <laughs> you know, you have these lofty That's ideas. Right. I'm going to go to this place, but I have no idea who to connect to or where to go. And Shirley's like, I know somebody that lives there. And I'm like, whoa. So now all my listeners know somebody. I'm here to do that. Too. And not only is it an amazing place. Yes, amazing, come see me. Yeah, not only an amazing tourist destination, but you get Daniel, who's this incredible person, <laughs> just incredible person. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank sharing. you, Karen. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for sharing. And what I will see you at Thank you. one day. Well, are you going or have you been? <laughs> Whoa. An amazing man, an amazing man. More, it's an amazing, amazing story, an amazing man. He didn't have anything to say about the ETs. <laughs> I asked him that. He's like, oh, I don't know. Nobody talks about that. But I am sure if you go up there, you probably spot craft. I'm in the middle of a big city here. I can look up in the sky and spot a craft in Coogee. I can imagine that um, out in the mountains, you could spot them all the time. I'm sure he's probably had guests that go out there specifically for that. That's why I'd go. I'd go just to experience the the experience and the nature <laughs> to look up, talk to the ETs. Yeah, talk to the the Incans. I don't know. Yeah, and experience. Life's about experiences, right? One day, one day, on the bucket list, on the bucket list. I'm just trying to think, when am I going to get that in? Yeah, maybe next year, put that on the bucket list. Are you going? Let me know. Have you been? Let me know if you've been, what you think about it. But yeah, what an amazing man. Blown away, blown away by Daniel, actually. Yeah, beautiful man. He's, I'm sure he's got more to share with us. But as he says, just uh, tune in, be still, tune in, listen. I was actually doing that this morning in bed. It's amazing how when you stop thinking and you just tune in and listen, how much information comes to you, like how much you feel. I was doing that, like scanning my body. I do this with my clients. I do this with my groups, just tuning in and listening, listening to the wisdom of the body, the body elementals, listening to the sounds around you, listening to Mother Nature, just like just really tapping out and tuning in. <laughs> Tap out, tune in. How much wisdom knowledge healing energy i was actually putting light in my body this morning and i noticed some dark patches so i'm like putting the light in not lighting up oh interesting putting the light in. it's down my right side where i use my phone and the computer like it's always on a electronic device and it was not as bright as the left side and i'm like mm, interesting so i was lightening it up with my consciousness with my thoughts with my powerful powerful thoughts as daniel says what you focus on expands what you focus on expands what you focus on expands i don't know if you use those words but yeah your focus is powerful so what are you looking at when you do look at the news like stay informed but don't look at it like oh this is a tragedy isn't it terrible oh people are terrible hate now evoking hate and tragedy and trauma 
Can you find the peace inside the trauma? The challenge we give ourselves when we come into this polarized, contrasting 3D experience called planet Earth. The cat's here trying to jump on me as usual. Yeah, amazing, man. Okay, whoa. Right. <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please tell me what you thought about that. Love to hear your thoughts. Who's coming up into the inner sanctum? Bonnie Satori. So she, yeah, I spoke to her at the beginning of the year. She gets rid of negative en energies and entities. And she did an amazing thing at the end of the conversation I had with her on the show. An amazing transmission, meditation thing. Amazing. It's amazing. And uh, so she she's coming into the inner sanctum this month, which is in a week or so. And uh, we'll see what we do with Bonnie. It'll be amazing. So what I do is I stream some of it on a couple of the platforms that I'm on, Facebook and YouTube and sometimes Twitter and haven't worked out LinkedIn or Instagram yet how to stream on those platforms. But if I don't stream on those, I'll upload it later. But I do turn off the streaming and the recording and then we just go in and have intimate conversations with either me, if it's me, or, or our, my guest teacher and we can open up and share and not worry about being recorded or being on a public platform and ask the questions you want to ask and you don't want everybody everybody to know about it and just the little group so if you want to be involved in that and you want to have some um, intimate conversations with myself and the guests that i have on join our zoom group by going to the paranswain.com slash inner sanctum and signing up and uh, coming online with us I haven't been getting a lot of people online because it goes out to hundreds, thousands, the email with the Zoom link and very few people show up. And I'm thinking, I wonder why that is. Is it that it's the wrong time of day? Because I'm trying to do it at a time of day which allows Europe and the UK and some parts of Asia and you know Canada and the United States to join in a time where it's not the middle of the night or four or five o'clock in the morning. So um, it is actually the middle of the night for Europe. It's, it has been during our, where were we, winter and their summer, it, it was like midnight. But now I think it's like 10, which is not too bad. But it is like one, two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon in the States. So I'm thinking maybe people are doing things. Anyway, that's what it is. It's only once a month. So if you turn up, you turn up. It's lovely to see you online if you do. And yeah, remember to check out the book Awakened by Death if you haven't already. And let me know what you thought about Daniel and Machu Picchu and Peru and what we spoke about today. I'd really love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again for listening and tuning in and pressing that subscribe button and liking and commenting. Big love to all. Bye for now.